Welcome, wrestling fans, to a bout of epic proportions. It's time to strap on your boots, throw that title over your shoulder, and stumble to the middle of the ring for a double choke slam from the Brothers of Discussion. In the far corner, the older, the wiser, the funnier, Mike Clang and Bang Clang. In the other corner, the younger, the quicker, the prettier, Matt, thumping and pumping, clang! Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Brothers of Discussion. Uh, right now, it's just Matt. Unfortunately, things did not work out this weekend, but we want to get you ready for this week. Uh, as we love to do, uh, every Saturday we try and hit you up uh, with a brand new episode. And as we promised last week, uh, but we did come with a hint of an asterisk, uh, we, we did warn it was possible that uh, everything was not going to go according to plan. Um, uh, that being said, uh, that is exactly what happened. And a, uh, a recording was not able to happen as, as we hoped. Uh, but I'm here now. Um, and, and what I'd like to do is, is tackle a couple things and then we're going to go, uh, for the rest of the week, we'll give you an old episode that, uh, we are sure that not everybody has heard here since our, uh, our group has been growing, uh, at a wonderful rate. Uh, so we'd like to welcome the new hundred, uh, fans of the brothers of discussion that have, uh, were, were nice enough to join the team over the weekend. Uh, I appreciate you going over my articles, and I appreciate everybody that liked it enough that they want to become a full-time member of the Brothers of Discussion. Thank you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, it is hard work doing this. And uh, when I get to see the results like I did this past weekend, um, you know, it, it does mean a lot. And, uh, you know, on, on top of that, uh, I'd hope that you'd all go to bodpodcast.com. Uh, check out all the wonderful content that we have there. That's bodpodcast.com. Uh, that's an opportunity for you to check out all of the blogs, uh, all of the podcast episodes. If you want to go back, have some fun, uh, listen to some of Mike's impressions. Of course, uh, it was a week ago we got the amazing conversation with Kevin Owens, quote unquote. Uh, again, uh, remind you all, that wasn't Kevin Owens, uh, but we, we do love playing here. Um, <laughs> on top of that, uh, go to at BOD Podcast. That's for the Twitter. And of course, as I mentioned, on a weekly basis, that is going to help you find the Facebook as well. Uh, a lot of you have found us on Facebook. Again, an opportunity for me to thank you. Appreciate it so much. And, and I hope you're all going to enjoy the content that is to come uh, going forward. Now, that being said, uh, why don't we take a look at what's going to happen tonight on monday night raw and then uh it, we'll uh we'll actually play uh we'll play out some of the best uh the better conversations uh that we've had on the brothers of discussion and we hope uh we hope it'll be a good taste for all of you new brothers of discussion fans uh and, and uh, you'll get to know us and then we what we're gonna do is as soon as we can we're gonna put out our hell in a cell uh preview episode and that uh that should get us ready for the weekend 
and uh, on top of that, uh, we'll we'll probably try and get you out uh, another couple bonus episodes as an apology to not getting you uh, all of your listening pleasure uh, this past this past weekend. Uh, so that being said, let's celebrate uh, Renee Young. Now, usually uh, I'll, I'll have Mike here, my counterpart, uh, to to at least give me his opinion. Uh, so I will act as, as Mike today. Uh, this is officially Mike's opinion. He hates it. Oh my God. He could not be more upset that Coachman is leaving. That was his all-time favorite announcer. Uh, but Mike, I can't believe you're saying that because Renee Young has knocked it out of the park. I, I, we've talked about it before actually. And I, I joke here. Um, Renee Young is just been amazing uh in her role as the substitute announcer uh <laughs> as it were uh like a substitute teacher but what she brings to the table is the fan representation and i i think what we were getting from jonathan coachman was the espn representation and i'll explain to you what that means because i i did have uh a ye old epiphany earlier today that Coachman wants to make sure that everybody he knows at ESPN or maybe his friends at home, he wanted to make sure that uh, we all knew that he knew this was fake. That wrestling is just a story being played out. And he loved pointing that out more than anybody else. And I'm not saying he would blatantly say that, but the things that he would say are the same types of things that you get when uh, somebody that doesn't watch wrestling uh, comes in and starts making comments. Uh, they want you to know what wrestling really is. And, you know, unfortunately, it's the same person that's actually watching Game of Thrones and going, you know, I I could get into this, but it's just not realistic. I mean, ice people and dragons, what? It's like, no. Wrestling, at its purest form, is an escape from reality. Uh, just like every other form of entertainment. And being that as, as, a, as a fact, as, as what we're dealing with, um, we get, to, we get to, to see an upgrade in the Jonathan Coachman role uh, to Renee Young. And what she is, as opposed to being the person that needs to let us all know that they can see behind the curtain... Uh, what Renee Young is, is the fan represented. Uh, I, I, and I think with uh, the opportunities we've had to hear her on the Monday Night Raw table uh, at the May Young Classic is she is someone that appreciates what she's watching. And it sounds genuine. And on top of that, she can actually keep up with Corey Graves. Corey Graves is one of the best things to happen to pro wrestling uh, announced teams in in a very long time uh when you look at the types of bullies that have been around like uh jbl they try to act like they could just beat the snot out of you and what Corey graves does is he outsmarts you he he is that high of an intellect and uh Im improvisation specialist uh that he's able to to go through whatever the commands are from mr mcmahon uh, you know, whatever the, the goals are for each broadcast, you know, he, he could still do that, but he does such a great job of mixing in a personality and on top of that, uh, the, the bad guy personality. And what Coachman would always forget to do is just remember he had a role and it wasn't to get the better of Corey Graves. 
It was to be the fan representation. And I think what Renee does is she owns that role. She is so genuine in that role as the fan representation on the announce table, on the announce team, uh, that when she comes back at Corey Graves and her own intelligence is what helps her get the better of Corey. And I think from from one extent, uh, Coachman almost came in as a doof. And, and regardless of what his assignment was as a character, as an announce team representative, uh, his own organic personality and representation of that role turned him into a goofball. Uh, and I'll say too, his voice, his voice does not help. Um, it's, it's, it's almost as if he's trying to be like a serious Pee Wee Herman. Uh, <laughs> and that's just his regular speaking voice. So, uh, apologies there, uh, coachman, if you're listening. Um, but that, that just doesn't work out. It doesn't work for legitimacy. It doesn't work for professionalism. And it definitely doesn't work when you're trying to come back at a guy like Corey Graves. Um, and, and he'll just get the better of you just by saying no. Um, so I, I think I'm talking a little too much here about Coachman. But I, I want to illustrate the point that this is such a great move for the WWE. And it, it goes outside the realm of being progressive because this is a smart decision. This is someone who does their job better than the person that they're replacing. So this isn't uh, a, a tip of the cap. This isn't something that you know they've they've um, they've been here long enough. This is something where they're giving us better TV, and I think that's what we ask for on a week to week basis. Uh, I hope that's what you're asking for. If you're reading my blog, that's usually my theme is how to figure out uh, how to make this better. <clears throat> but on top of that. Um, you know, uh, on top of on top of the decision being progressive is what I'm saying. They're making the program better, and I think we should uh, we should all take the time to appreciate that. Um, I, what I'm excited for tonight uh, as well, on t- on top of hearing Renee's uh, wonderful voice on the announce team, I'm excited to see what happens with uh, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. This is obviously gonna go in in inside the realm of you know progressing to hell in a cell um i think not only are these two tag teams destined to fight at super showdown i think they're destined to be fighting uh in in some capacity at survivor series so they both both sides um need to be looking strong it needs to look like we're we're seeing a legitimate match And for that to happen, I'm excited to see what's next for McIntyre and Ziggler because they've done a great job of pushing these guys as high as possible uh, without without being number one contenders uh, to the universal title. So what are they going to do next? Um, I'd be interested to see them defend their tag titles, um, although it it could be just as easy as as having them not defend it and they get to just hold on to these belts, uh, which is... Unfortunately, just as effective uh, as we saw with Brock Lesnar, you can you can look pretty strong and just hold on to that title forever. Um, but it, it it'll be fun to see where this this faction goes. Um, you know, it was kind of put together willy nilly. Uh, I I don't know if the WWE anticipated how strong uh Braun Strowman was. Um, not not physically, but uh, how how much the fans wanted to be behind him. Uh, because now they're 
they're trying to create this bad guy. And uh, I, I think the best way that they saw to do that was to team him up with, with McIntyre and Ziggler. And, and, you know, the Brothers of Discussion, we've talked about that before, and, and it's obvious. I'm not really uh, breaking down doors here to tell you that uh, Braun Strowman uh, needed to be paired with uh, heels to make him look like a heel. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it, it, it just it, it, goes, it goes to show that there is still some work to do here. Uh, so what I'm excited for is is since they've made some good decisions so far, you know what what is the next big decision? And I think chances are it doesn't even happen tonight. I think right now the fans are sold on what's going on with Braun Strowman, uh, Dolph, and McIntyre, and then their battle against the Shield. Uh, it, it'll just be you know it'll be interesting to see, uh, not necessarily from specific match types or storyline, but it'll be interesting to see when they take the steps to either make this team look even stronger, uh, distance them from Braun Strowman, or, um, you know, I I shouldn't say or, uh, but what I ultimately hope is that McIntyre and Ziggler continue to look strong uh, to make their eventual breakup and McIntyre's rise to the Universal Championship scene uh, look legitimate and be fun. The uh, last thing, and probably my most favorite thing to write about right now, uh, my favorite thing to write about, and uh, you as fans have actually shown up uh, to the, the Facebook page because of our conversation on Becky and Charlotte. Um, I, I'm very interested to see what happens on Tuesday as well. Uh, this role started very blatant in regards to let's make Becky a heel. Uh, but as the weeks go on, there's evidence here that the WWE is at least pulling back a little bit. Um, you know, if you go to Sean or uh, Steve Austin's uh, podcast, he he went pretty in depth in regards to explaining why Charlotte is such a better heel, and it goes along the same lines of my article on BODpodcast.com, is that she already had everything, and even if even if Becky Lynch's family, let's say it was was more well off than than the flair family we don't know that we do know who rick flair is we do know that charlotte probably wouldn't be in the business without rick so because we know that charlotte is already entitled and that's something that a lot of us don't get to experience but what we do like to see is the person who didn't have everything get everything and as hard as they tried uh, to make us hate Becky, it just wasn't going to happen. And, and I'm happy it didn't happen. Um, or, or at least I'm happy what I'm seeing with uh, their Instagram posts and their Twitter posts that say everyone has a breaking point. And that is so key. That is key because we're now saying it's okay for Becky to do what she's doing. Because we've all had to do it at some point. We've all done it at some point. Or we're all going to do it. Becky is now being related to us as the fan and as the every man, every woman, every whoever. Um, Becky is being turned into our representative as professional wrestling fans. And they're not necessarily pushing Charlotte into heel status, which maybe not yet, but... Uh, but I mean, it's something that's that's coming. It, it's something that you know we need. Uh, 
we need uh we need juicy storylines going forward and juicy isn't or it shouldn't be us cheering for the heel um i think i think the wwe just they, they get it wrong so often um that i that i push for different things you know and uh and i think we all do uh, but it, it's just so weird how comfortable they are having an entire arena boo the face and cheer the heel. Um, it just, it, 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 I don't know if it's it's them being stubborn, if they're just turning away from the fans, or you know, if they just think they're they're making the right decision. Um, but I, I, you know, when it, when it comes to marketing and and you know, you can go back to the data. What the last time the WWE was everywhere and was absolutely huge was because they had a star like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I'm not saying Becky will bring every eye to the world of the WWE, but. I don't see what the point of doing the same thing over and over is. I don't see what the point of trying to create another Roman Reigns, another unbeatable champion, um, you know, in Charlotte Flair that just becomes groan-inducing. Uh, I, I think in the, back in the day you could have these champions that were unbeatable because everybody wanted to see so-and-so as a champion, and they were going from region to region. Uh, but now we've got so much talent that's being underutilized. Um, you know, my uh, my brother counterpart and I, we just came back from um, uh, from NXT Live in Detroit, and, and you see how much talent is actually here, is actually with the WWE. Um, just insert anybody into an NXT Championship match, and they can make it interesting. Uh, and and we saw great representation of that, which we'll actually talk about uh, before the Hell in a Cell preview. But I guess this is more of a teaser for that. But it, it's more just you know the idea that there's so much talent here, and and the more you know I, I think darts you throw at the at the wall uh, or at at the target, you're you're gonna have a better opportunity of of hitting the dead center. Um, and I don't really know how darts work, so I don't know if that's always the best spot to hit. But if that's what you're aiming for, and that's where the big money is, you're going to have a better opportunity to hit it if you're trying out different people at the top. It, it's one of the problems with forcing Roman Reigns down everybody's throat. Because, sure, the more you force him down everybody's throat, the more the kids are going to get behind him. Uh, because he's just on TV everywhere, the more the product is changed so that it sounds like he's being cheered, the more the kids are going to buy his T-shirt, the more they're going to want to see Roman Reigns. And that's great. But why not Why not try and have a Seth Rollins become everybody's champion? Where the kids like him, the adults like him, the ladies like him. It could be all-encompassing. Um, and I think it just takes less effort. But... You know, here this is this is where we are. This is our reality right now, is that the WWE does believe in creating a super champion like Roman Reigns. What they've done with Charlotte Flair, um, I, I just hope that, you know, once once we get what we want, if we get a Becky Lynch as champion, you know, maybe it's not up to the WWE to recognize it. Maybe it's more up to us to ensure that we get what we want. We should probably start watching SmackDown. Uh, we get what we want. We should probably buy that person's T-shirt. Um, you know, we get what we want. We attend the live events, and and that's 
that's the long and short of it because if nothing changes and they know they could do whatever they want programming wise they can do whatever they want story wise and they're going to hit the numbers they want uh, in regards to t-shirt sales the numbers they want in regards to audience um why would they see the need to make the show better for the hardcore fan hey it's uh, actions and reactions, it's analysis, it's research, and uh, everybody does it. So that being said, let's jump into one of uh, my all-time favorite episodes, which was uh, recorded for March 16th, which, uh, you write that out, that is 316 day, that is Stone Cold Steve Austin day. Uh, yes, it's one of our most listened to episodes. Uh, it, it was a fan favorite, and uh, it, it's an opportunity for us to discuss Stone Cold Steve Austin. And yes, there was some current news at the time. Uh, but go ahead, give it a listen, and uh, you know, let us know what you think uh, from this episode. And of course, we're going to come at you with some brand new content uh, this week. And uh, you know, go to bodpodcast.com. You can check out all of these episodes at bodpodcast.com. Um, and, and on, on top of that, uh, you'll have all the blog articles, uh, you'll have all the content on our Facebook and Twitter you'll have access to, um, but yeah, come say hi, uh, let us know what we're doing right, doing wrong. And then of course, come back later this week where you can listen to our Hell in a Cell preview, our, uh, our review of the NXT live show in Detroit that we attended. Um, and I hope you guys all thought those pictures are pretty cool, uh, on the clock at a WWE live event. But uh, here is episode number, let me, 19, which was Happy 316 Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. I said give me a hell yeah. Strap on your boots, throw that title over your shoulder, and it's double to the middle of the ring for a double <laughs> choke slam from the brothers of discussion. We, get, <laughs> we should do the inflection different every time. <laughs> for the Mike, brothers are you doing? of destruction. Damn it. Every time I do Destruction. Destruction. All right. Destruction. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Okay. Mike, did you know that if you Google search the Brothers of Destruction, that we will pop up yes. on the 811th page oh, of a Google search? We are moving up the list. Oh, yeah. 811 pages you'll have to go to, uh, which I'm sure we would have, you know, we'd be more popular if we were page 810 because that's where it's at. That's where people. I. Those I don't are, know about you. Those are the money that's, pages. Yeah, that's the first page I go to. Page 810. It's like when you run a marathon. <laughs> there's like the first 10 are all, you know, like world-class um, mm-hmm. drug abusers. And then there's like uh, the next 100 who are like strong professionals. So we want to be that first lump of marathon runners and the amateurs. That's what we want to be right now. Because <laughs> honestly, Mike, it's not a real website unless your cursor changes and the background is little tiny emoji images that are winking at you that's that's a quality website that's our uh, that's our beers right now 
Uh, speaking of websites, go to bodpodcast.com. Help us jump up the Google list. We're climbing um, that list. We're climbing we're the ladder. O- we're only number one if you search my name or you search uh, my fiance's name because she's uh, listed as an editor. Uh, Mike, I don't think it works if we search your name, so you got to get on that. Mm. And, <laughs> and if you search exactly the brothers of discussion that was a burp you'll see two hits you'll see our website and then it will say did you mean brothers of destruction so you actually (laughs) want to click on our website you hit so many missed keys (laughs) (laughs) did you mean totally different vowels and consonants (laughs) actually it does do that for bod podcast so if you search bod podcast it wants you to go to Bod Pod, which is what you've made a joke of. Oh, since we no. Started, We're giving a free a real... plug to Bod Pod? Yes, it's a real thing. It shows up like B A H D, and it's like, did you mean B A H D Pod? And it's Bod, like body. Like, oh. that is the cool way to spell body now, is Bod. Bod. Look huh. at my Bod. I'm just, I'm so disappointed. I just like people. saying that. Look at my bod. The H really, either... really helps you emphasize. We should, bod. we should change our name to the Bod Podcast. Ugh. The brothers, analytically, hormonally, I... <laughs> dissecting podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice acronym. <laughs> that was four <laughs> words. <laughs> Should we do an acronym for podcast? I think so. <laughs> Poop, oranges, donkeys, kitties. Um, Wait, kitties? Amer, Amer tigers. What am I at? <laughs> Strawberries and Tonka trucks. Woo! Yeah. I came and, up with seven words no, pretty quick. In no way. I mean, you came up with more than that. You have extra words in there. <laughs> that, was a, that, was a, that was nine words for seven letters. That was really good. <laughs> Well, after you're done going to BOD Podcast, and, uh, you know, we we haven't had a lot of subscribers, but pe- please feel free to subscribe to that website or send us a message. We would love to add you to the faction. Uh, but once you're done there and you're listening to the latest episode of uh, Brothers of Discussion, uh, why don't you go on over to iTunes or SoundCloud and subscribe there so we can say hello. We actually have uh, some new subscribers that way, but I don't feel like reading them off, and I don't remember, and I just realized that was a thing right now. Uh, so we thank you, new subscribers, and, uh, you know, why don't you just go ahead and repost us a few times, because that, uh, that'll help, and, uh, review us on iTunes, and, like, let's get, let's get this show started. And I feel like there should be, like, a song right there, like, when I go, all right, Mike, <laughs> no, enough of this, let's get the show started. Well, we're going to get to him in a little bit. I think what you want to get into, there's a big holiday coming up, and we're not talking about Pi Day. That was yesterday, 3.14. We are talking about (laughs) 3.16. It is this Saturday. It also happens to be some other holiday. What is it? St. Patrick's? Is that today? Tomorrow? Yeah. No, so it's Friday. So it's March 16th is 316. So the real holiday is March 16th, and then there's yeah. like St. Patrick's Day to get you all amped up for it. I'm really hopeful right now that you thought 316 was 
March 17th. <laughs> for some sort of beer stone cold correlation. No, no, this March 17th will be March 16th. It's a pretty big day. <laughs> Everybody's tuned out now that I've started laughing and cackling. <laughs> um, <laughs> so tomorrow you can yeah. drink a bunch of green beer, and then on March 16th you can drink beer-colored beer like you're supposed or, to. Or it could be today, because um, who knows when you're going to listen to this. That's but true. I hope. That's right. I Probably, since we're recording at 930, we'll probably get more listeners. We'll get our three listeners <laughs> tomorrow morning. <laughs> Well, when do we drink milk-colored beer for Kurt Angle? That's what I want to know. Um, uh, is there one? I don't know. Is there? I mean, there's milk stouts, I guess. I don't know. Um, it's probably just the way the sugar's... I don't know. Nobody cares. Anyway, well, we wanted yes, to, uh, we're celebrating the, Stone Cold. Yeah, the big holiday coming up. I'm kicking a beer back right now. I've got a hop oh. slam you left over here. Um, oh, you, really? Were you saving it for the next time you come over? I yeah i could i could fill it back up halfway with water <laughs> all right yeah that'll work it's still um, gonna be pretty you know, manageable alcohol content <laughs> um but yeah so, you want you asked me uh this I'm, week to prepare a little something um yeah i guess it's it's not a huge shocker i mean there's incredible moments for stone cold steve austin you know while we're celebrating the man with his big day coming up um a lot of them taking place here in the great state of Michigan, um, I I honestly I love you know him stunning the boss and you know flipping the bird, but I I still say the top moment. I know for me, I know which two times you were talking about talking about. Oh, with that would uh, worked better if I didn't stutter while I was saying about. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, with Vince. Never mind. Having convulsions on the ring. Oh. <laughs> You know, Xavier Woods was channeling that the other day when he got destroyed by oh. the Bludgeon Brothers, which was, That's which was wonderful. But um, All right. sorry, no, you're Go okay. Ahead. I will say my favorite moment uh, from Stone Cold is easily when he had to cut a promo after winning King of the Ring, and essentially the first day he really became Stone Cold Steve Stone Austin. Cold. Um, and he was calling out Jake the Snake. You know, you keep thumping your Bible. Lost at 316 says, I just whipped your ass. And it's not just what he said. it It's the way he said it. Like, I don't know if there's a lot of other people who could have pulled out a fake Bible quote and made it seem as scary and intimidating and badass as he did. Um, but he wasn't calling that promo out against, you know, Doink the Clown. He's calling out Jake the Snake. <laughs> Like, Jake the Snake <laughs> Roberts, he's, he's a legend. Um, you know, he was, uh, I, he's literally in the Hall of Fame. He's, he's a he's a living legend. He has a legend contract. Um, he it's created the, Diamond Dallas Page. he created the DDT, which is, you know, just used and abused by every wrestler today. So Stone Cold wasn't that, you know, cutting that promo against, uh, you know, um, who was that bozo who Braun got to beat up and then he got to date Carmella for a while? Um, why am I blanking on the name? I can't think of it either. I'm Maybe sorry. that's a good thing. Yeah. There you go. It's He's cutting it on a legitimate superstar. Um, uh, WWE. 
is James Ellsworth. Ellsworth. Good old friend of the show. Google. Yep. <laughs> friend of the show. Google James friend Ellsworth. of the show. Um, you should you should see the pictures that popped up when I searched chinless guy on WWE. <laughs> And also, just so you know, Ryback showed up. <laughs> Perfect. Um, uh, go ahead. But yeah, that, I mean, the the match itself wasn't super awesome. I think Jake, storyline-wise, was supposed to walk in kind of, you know, beat up. Um, and Stone Cold just squashed him um, to become king yeah. of the ring. Um, but, like, the sweat's coming down. And he said ass, which at the time was still pretty shocking because, you know, there wasn't... You know, we, we're only a couple years away from, you know, Hulk Hogan, the super G-rated promos. So him for saying ass was one thing. But the way his eyes were saying that word, he was saying motherfucking ass. Uh, when he's saying, I want that piece of trash out of my ring. Oh, um, God. Such a great line. Yeah, it was... <laughs> like, I, I'm so glad I'm not Jake the Snake Roberts having to hear that promo and dragging that sorry carcass out of here. Um, hey, I, what's funny is, uh, like, how... Uh, that that match really was the tailspin of Jake the Snake. Yeah, that I mean, was it. He, he did drugs before, but that that promo was so powerful. We couldn't believe in Jake the Snake again, and neither you know neither could Vince. And he just, I mean, I'm laughing. I right. you know I, but it's it's true. Yeah, that moment like, was a major point in Jake's life. Like he really he, just he ruined went down the life. toilet. Like Stone Cold really. He's like, I am a piece of trash. I gotta get my ass out of this ring. <laughs> I gotta stop all my Bible thumping. Yeah, nobody told him it was it was kayfabe. He thought it was a real. He thought that was a shoot. Like he was really hurt. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm glad we're. Obviously, we're glad. Glad you know that Jake you know is is fine now and doing better. And, yeah, of course we are. God damn, we're just saying like the words of Stone Cold. They were so authentic and genuine. You know it. You know, talking about him, you know, we know the hell he went through trying to get over in WCW and ECW yep. and being blonde. And then he just said, fuck this and, bl-, you know, shaved his head um, and then just turned into an ass kicker instead of the, the ringmaster, which is just <laughs> god awful. So stupid. Who came up with that? Um, but, you know, you talk about um, turn chicken. Your... Uh, yeah. Talk about your Bible. Talk about turning, as Stone Cold always likes to say, turning chicken shit into chicken salad. Um, mm. He turned that, you know, that ring acumen, that intensity. Um, and by God, he, he just skyrocketed his own career with basically one promo. Um, so that's my favorite Stone Cold moment of all time. Uh, Matt, March 16th is two days away. And after that is March 17th. Um, but for March 16th, what is your Stone Cold <laughs> moment? What is Matt brother discussion? Well, brother Matt, what is your Stone Cold moment? I wanna, I wanna follow, I wanna follow your formula, and let everybody know I'm drinking Bell's Two Hearted, which uh, is you know same as Hop Slam is a, a a creation from Bell's Brewery. I I like to think of hop slam is like the estranged father uh to two-hearted because it only shows up you know one month out of the year uh it's it's older stronger you know it's 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 something you know you have you have good memories about but you know deep down when it leaves you you just get angry but two-hearted two-hearted is you know that's you that's you're the you're the one that's being um 
tortured by by your father, but you know you're just you're always around. Wow, this I is a dark promo. Yeah, this is a dark yeah. promo. Where's this going? Uh, this isn't how I feel about my father, by the way. I just well, uh, not, we didn't think that until you just said that sentence. <laughs> hey, I just spent the day with pops. <laughs> with Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. <laughs> Yep. Oh, that's great! That works perfectly because we're the brothers of discussion, and yeah, our dad's name uh, is Paul Bearer. It's pretty cool. Oops. Yep. Now the whole world knows our dad's name. Oh man, they're gonna look up Paul Bearer on the internet. <laughs> uh, like my favorite, and I've, I I wrote about it. So if you go to bodpodcast.com, you actually see this pop up tomorrow morning as a little bit of a celebration. Uh, but Mike, what I talked about. <laughs> It was a little bit further down the road of being stone cold, and it was uh, September of 19... I almost said 2008. September of 2008, Stone Cold was on the ranch that he calls... Uh, uh, broken Skull. Broken Skull. <laughs> uh, in, in 1998, Stone Cold uh, made a trip to uh, Joe Louis Arena. Oh, I thought you were going to say when he got his neck broken. Yeah, that was my favorite. That was... <laughs> He won a match with a broken neck. What a man! <laughs> a broken freaking neck. Yep. He had a. It was broken in the ring though. Like that's. We're doing. We're doing more than than. Uh, oh wait. Yeah. Kurt Angle's in the ring too. All right. I mean, I'm gonna stop. I'm. I'm not good at improvising with beer. Um. <laughs> yeah, how many of those have you had? Jesus. Just. All right. So what? this is a. There's a Stone Cold moment in there. Okay. What What happened in September? Uh, so 1998 <laughs> all right so yeah september 1998 uh stone cold has just been screwed out of the wwf championship wow uh by a kane and undertaker and it was a double choke slam from the brothers of destruction uh they took him down look at this plug. and they both pinned him they both pinned so vince needed a champion the next night and he was going to make a big announcement while revealing his brand new title Ooh. so stone cold uh was was uh, I, I believe escorted out of the arena and he needed to find a way to get back in so obviously instead of grabbing his own pickup truck or any other mode of transportation he found a zambo put on a disguise at- oh <laughs> yes he pretended he was he put on a, a blonde facility wig. joe lewis facility worker who was like, hey, is there a game tonight? I gotta, I gotta get out there. But Stone Cold made his way to the ring, and a Zamboni that was Hey, wait a minute, uh, is there a hockey game today? Hey, wait a minute! (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys want me to Zamboni today? Um, Just the usual, Steve. Just the usual. Wait a minute! (laughs) Well, Mike, if I could finish my story, please, can I finish? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I All don't right, really you're care if you interrupt. All right. Um, so this, the, I mean, this is a Zamboni being, you know, I'm nine years old at the time, and I'm seeing this Zamboni come to the ring. It's got the Red Wings logo on it. I'm from Detroit, as are you. And I know it's in the Joe. Yeah, both and of our it's, parents were Zamboni drivers. Yep. Yep, and it means a lot to us to see when, you know, those Zambonis get uh, that airtime. Because, you know, you can get other ice cleaning machines. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Zamboni's a brand? Oh, I did not. ice cleaning machines? I did not. Is this like Kleenex? It is very much like Kleenex. Or like We've a Coca-Cola. We just adopted it because there's no, other, there's no other way to think of it but a Zamboni. And I, that is good branding. If you think. Okay, anyway. Um, 
uh, yeah, whatever. Everybody knows. Stone Cold jumps in the ring, blah, blah, blah. Beats up Vince. Um, I thought it was interesting watching it again. That this is one memory I will never forget. I mean, and I, I've forgotten some major moments in my life. Um, but I'll never forget like, if somebody said Stone Cold and Zamboni or just Stone Cold and Detroit. This is what I would think of. And it's like almost three minutes. This, like the segment of Stone Cold in the Zamboni from where you see him in the Zamboni to where he's dragged out of the arena. It's like three minutes long. Oh, and it wow. is one of the most important moments in my pro wrestling fandom. Wow. <laughs> that I will never forget. And nine-year-old Matt is here today talking on this podcast because while there were many great Stone Cold moments, that one being in Detroit made it feel like, like it was mine. It made it feel like it was ours because we were watching it together. This is one of those nights where, uh, because it was filmed uh, in Detroit, we were allowed to actually watch it live. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and that you know that's something where it it probably means more than any other Stone Cold moment because most of them I didn't see live. I had to watch on the Michael Cole show on Saturday, <laughs> or I've seen on YouTube now, ten, fifteen, twenty years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's gonna be fun. That moment's gonna be twenty years old come september Ooh. yeah doesn't that make you feel good that makes me feel really good (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's good well (laughs) those are some of our favorite moments do we have any interactive stuff for our our fans here on on the twitter i was was hoping uh if you guys want i did the same thing on uh bod podcast um dot com i i asked uh, for everybody to go ahead and comment well, once you read the article you know comment what your favorite stone cold moment was give me a little detail you know i the, the this detroit one is is probably important to a lot of people but i i hold it near and dear because of the connection with my good brother mike and uh, of course uh, detroit so let us know uh what you're thinking of and and why it's so important and um you know we might as well get a good old Twitter poll started as well, so keep an eye on at uh, BOD Podcast uh, to go ahead and submit to the the uh, Twitter post. Uh, and Mike, you know what? This is a good time. This is a good transition. You know what I asked the WWE Universe? What'd you ask? And and we got we uh, let me pull up the most recent statistic on this because uh, I ran it for a while and I hadn't looked at it. But uh, what I, what I was asking the WWE Universe was I wanted their reaction to John Cena Ooh. fighting The Undertaker. And, and the reason I asked this was because... Why, we don't dis- Matt, why did you ask us? Tell me. We don't... Me, you, you and I don't disagree very often. Sometimes we do, you piece of shit. And, and, All right, and this, was, this was one of these things where this fucker was like, Oh, I know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know why I said... Fu- I feel bad about saying fucker already. I'm sorry. I love you. Um... But one thing we didn't agree on was uh, Fuck John Cena and The Undertaker, yeah. and I I was a fan, uh, or not. Let's get to the point, I'm not Matt. Excited What's the for point? It. What'd this guy say? What'd you say? Oh, you ruin everything. Damn it. <laughs> you, think it's, you think it's a waste of time, um, and I, I thought that it would be okay for The Undertaker to get his last match to be a victory over Cena. Um, so I pulled the WWE Universe. Uh, so there, there's two different things I want to point out here. One, I think positively and negatively, it's it's very close. It's kind of 50-50. But we're seeing 49% of the WWE Universe thinks this is a proper send-off for The Undertaker. 
Uh, 22%, so, 22% think it's a waste of time, and 29% think it ruins the last year. Now, th- those are interesting because those are both sort of uh, negative to what the question was and what your answer would be. Yeah. And it, it's more fun to ask that instead of saying, do you think negatively or do you think positively? Um, but that means more people think uh, this is this is think of this match negatively than uh, than positively. So I think the WWE universe, while more people voted that this is a proper send off, uh, based on the three answers, you know, you've kind of got you've kind of got a, a, a is Ralph Nader. Wow. <laughs> type of situation. Ralph Nader reference. Good God. <laughs> Uh, because I basically set myself up for victory here by putting two different negative results and then my, my thoughts. So I, I kind of cheated to get everybody to agree with me, but, um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll smart. concede and say, smart. I'll say you won, uh, because me too. it's 51, 51 percent. <laughs> that's, that's the important percent. thing. That's the story I'm telling. Yeah, they agree that in some fashion, this is this is not a good idea for John Cena, The Undertaker, or WrestleMania. Well, um, let's look at it two ways. Um, my my opinion was, you know, it's the age old story of wrestling. We covered it last week. Let the let the old guard, uh, you know, get over the new guard. You know, maybe uh, let Finn Balor carry a match with The Undertaker. Let Seth Rollins pin Cena. You know, at at WrestleMania, something like that. Um, let Strowman fight Miz. You know, get all those guys doing something important. Um, instead, you're kind of reshuffling the deck here. You're you're doing a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Belt, um, and you're going to let Cena and Undertaker battle each other. Okay. So, ultimately, yes. we watch wrestling to be entertained. So we we don't get that option where we get the the old guard passing up to the new one. That's out. So are we going to be entertained by Cena and Undertaker? It's two guys who, at this point in their careers, I think at WrestleMania, half the fun is going to be their entrance. Um, <laughs> who knows how many, you know, smoke machines and and tombstones and you know, bats on wires hanging from the ceiling we're going to have for the Undertaker. <laughs> um, it's going to look like the end of forgetting Sarah Marshall, I think. Um, and then for Cena, who knows how many other like. You know, white guys in caps. He's gonna have you know, uh, you know, wearing jorts, just knighting him down the down the ramp. Um, I don't know. We saw Cena recently. He looked like he looked a step slower, but according to Cena's promos and uh, Mrs. Undertaker's Instagram, Undertaker's never been in this great shape. Um, he's working out. Uh... So ultimately, it becomes <laughs> no, is it gonna be an entertaining match? Uh, do we have... Okay, here's... here's Alright, here's where you could quibble, right? Yeah. Um, I think the past couple WrestleManias, we've had tons of people injured. And now this this card is so stacked, I literally... I, um, I don't know when we're going to go to the bathroom. Because there's, there's no match that I want to miss. I'm probably just going to piss my pants while we're watching WrestleMania. Um, the, oh, cool. The seven-hour extravaganza. Um, so it'll be while you're in line... To get yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, we're going to watch it. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, you're going to get to see Undertaker versus Cena. Is it them in their prime? No, but it's it's okay. It's okay for me. Uh, I'm going to be entertained. It's it's 
my 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 complaining with having the you know the old guys you know give you know maybe Finn and Seth a good match at Mania. We don't need it because those guys are actually going to fight for a strap, so that's okay. So if this is just a filler match, it means you know maybe it's it's not something prominent on the card where you know you wouldn't want to see Finn or Seth fight him. Maybe you know fight Undertaker at this point of his career, at, you know for five yeah. minutes or ten minutes. This is something that can be mostly entrances, and then the the actual in ring competition can be you know maybe five or ten minutes. So that's okay. I I I mean you kind of stole my thunder. Where if I I had a rebuttal that I mean that's it is. Undertaker already lost to someone. Um, it's just going to look even worse now. I mean, if they, if you can put two clunky guys in the ring, at least they you're like, oh, that's nothing new for Cena. Like, it's yeah, of course he fell over trying to do some sort of springboard stunner. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's just I think things are different where we talk about you know uh, the send off. For an old for the old guard and i think that's what cena's in the in the middle of is is really helping people have their send off but um you know and that, and that goes against the point of him letting undertaker win that has nothing to do with it but i think the undertaker send off is just a little different um only because and I, I watched when i was watching my stone cold videos and undertaker one popped up that was him talking about um sticking around he had opportunities to go to WCW and he stayed right. and he did. That was one of the few times undertaker came out and he wasn't wearing anything undertaker. He wasn't even wearing the, the, you know, the biker taker. Like it was just him and sweats and he came out, did a, a shoot promo and, uh, you know, it was, it's great. It's, I think it's one that wrestling fans remember if they're as old as we are. Um, and you, you said, right. So I'm assuming you, you remember it. Um, but that's, I mean, it's just, it's a guy who showed a lot of loyalty. Um, he's given way more to this company than I think anybody has, um, considering when you look at a guy like Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan, they're giving a lot to the business, not just this company. Uh, and, uh, and nothing wrong with that, um, because they, you know, they went where the money was and I don't blame anybody. I'm definitely the guy that if I was offered a ton of money right now to, to switch whatever I'm doing now, I'd definitely do it. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think here's the question. Boom. Here's but what it becomes. Under- if, oh, my God. If Undertaker, because you're kind of winding up there, let me let me bring you back. <clears throat> when When is this going to be? I just slam my two-hearted because of that. Go ahead. When's this going to be over? This year. This is it. Does he win then against Cena and then ride off into the sunset? Yeah. You want to do? Um, let me do some fantasy booking. And make this make you feel better. You ready for this? I'm ready. This is a, this is another part where we need a song or something where it's like fantasy booking. Oh no. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so, um, fantasy Undertaker's... booking. No one gives a shit. All right, go ahead. Undertaker's gonna come out. Are you ready for this? I In... am waiting for this. In basketball shorts. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm kidding. He's gonna come out not in his Undertaker gear. I'm not. He's I'm not gonna, gonna tell you what it is. In a green T-shirt like Cena. <laughs> Just a green the T-shirt. The promo of his life. <laughs> With his cheeks hanging out. People rushing the stage to drag him back. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. No. Um. The way that this is gonna work out is Undertaker doesn't have to do a single 
effing promo on the way to WrestleMania. Cena's going to play this out as I want to fight Undertaker. Right. And the WWE's already done a great job of setting this up as, like, we don't want you to fight Undertaker. Uh, because He's when Cena first, when he first said it, the WWE didn't post anything on Twitter. Or, like, they just, they, they no-sold it, and they're just like, John Cena's going to challenge, you know, wants to go to WrestleMania. What's he going to do? And it was brilliant. Like, at the time, I was thinking, I can't believe they didn't say anything about The Undertaker. But now, you can see it's part of story. Because Cena even said it in his last promo. So they continue this uh, going along as their story. And Cena's just begging The Undertaker to show up. And I even say it goes to WrestleMania and even till almost the end of the night. Because Cena's going to go out there. I'm telling you, he's going to go out there once. And The Undertaker won't come out. And we'll get booze. It'll be, you know, I'll laugh. I'm going to be laughing hysterically. But he'll head, uh, he'll head back. I'm really interested then, to see. Cena? Oh, oh go my ahead. God. What, Matt? Oh, There's more? Wow. Jesus, how long is this fantasy booking? All right, go ahead. It's an hour long. Oh, God. This is, it's, it takes a long to fantasy book something that's done right. If you can do a two-second fantasy booking, you're doing it wrong. Christ. All right, Matt. So, goes the whole night. Christ. All right, what happens? All right, then he comes back out. Undertaker comes out, and they fight you. And he comes out with, like, his family. Undertaker's whatever. family or, comes or, out? Or, wait, no, his wife comes out to, like, yell at John Cena, and then Undertaker's like, <laughs> he comes walking out to stop his wife, and then and then they have a fight, think, and then the Undertaker you, wins, and he waves goodbye. Do you think Undertaker is Andrade Cien Almas? What are you talking? His wife... Selena Vega is not going to come out and defend the Undertaker. What are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> maybe that could be. Maybe that maybe could be alone. part of the 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 run to WrestleMania. going to come out and be like, "Leave Britney alone." That's not what's going to happen. That's that could totally happen. <laughs> she knows the business. She could come out. Well, maybe. Uh, I look. It, it's just something to to keep some. You know, it it keeps Roman and him knocking off the Undertaker. It keeps that legit. And then the Undertaker can still come out and give his little howdy do and and win. Howdy, I mean, howdy, it's howdy, like howdy. it's like Rocky, um, Rocky Five. That's the worst Rocky Remember? of all. But yeah, go no, ahead. it's still good if you watch it like knowing. You watch it with a different like perspective. Like watch it as like a whole. Like watch it as you're watching like the, movie is the a last whole. act. You're you're watching the last act of the Rocky saga. And and this it's an old guy who's like, oh I'm gonna oh I'm gonna give it one more shot. You know, like it's 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 beautiful. I liked it's Rocky beautiful. I liked Rocky Balboa. That was a good movie. Yeah, then do that. Think of that. Then do Rocky what's Balboa. With, uh, what's the one with Michael B. Jordan? What's that one called? Oh Apollo Creed. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's called Apollo Cruise. Oh. Sorry, I, that wasn't funny at all. You want to hear something um, uh, surprising, too, about Undertaker? Like how we're trying to figure out how to fantasy book him on this year's Mania? Yeah. I watched last year's WrestleMania. Um, did you did you, did you you remember that Undertaker was the last match of the night? That awful, bumbling, like, broken man had to close the show and leave his stuff in the ring. That was the last image we got. I don't remember that being the last match, but... I mean, wow. I just probably haven't given it any thought since. So, I mean, but yeah. Are you going to watch 40 year old Cena and 50 plus year old Undertaker close the night? Or are you going to watch that and see like real wrestling with AJ and Nakamura? 
I mean, I think, Mike, nobody can end a WrestleMania except for Roman Reigns. That's true. You doofus. Yeah, I screwed up. <laughs> I know. This is embarrassing. AJ's going to pull right. the curtain. He's, I'm going to delete everything we just recorded. He's going to cool He's gonna cool over. the crowd down after the uh, tag team ladder match from SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what would really cool everybody down, Mike. If they let Nakamura grab a microphone oh, and boy, try and oh, tell... Yeah, I, I, I love Nakamura, and this is this is my weird transition into this. I think it's an okay transition. I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, Mike, <clears throat> we got two promos this week. Oof. One, uh, neither one of the pro wrestlers they were they were talking with gave the right reaction. Um, and two, I there's got to be a better way because we understand Nakamura on the back, right? Yeah, it seems sort like of? he's... I don't know why they make him, like, growl, and I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I think he's just too excited, and he goes out there... Like, when he did that and... promo, wasn't that just one week ago when he did the Nakamura Day that he was singing? Nakamura Day. Like, that was pretty funny. Yeah. And then this week, I, I don't know what he was talking about. WrestleMania, dreams, I'm dreaming, it's... I'm champion, like... Yeah, it's like he said the the uh the dream is to beat AJ Styles for the champ for the championship and I I just I don't know like even AJ looked at him and was like what? <laughs> like I was <laughs> like that was the wrong Yeah, I don't you know, know what, was... you know what they had uh they had two shots at this. Uh they screwed it up on you know, with uh, Asuka. And she came out and said, I don't know what she's talking about, queens and empresses. Why did they make, yeah, why did be, they make Asuka say empress? To be the woman, empress? you gotta beat the woman. Yeah, that was that I part I, I was know. okay with. Why would you make her say empress? I, beyond me. But, so we tried draft one, and, uh, you know, she butchered it. We, you know, we had a week before where, I think it was even, I think even this past week, it's, it's happened twice now, where Alexa just... Well, let's go with the racist route. So then, then after that fell apart, they said, "Well, AJ, just kind of stand there and be like, uh huh, mm-hmm, okay." Neither of those work. I don't know why this is the only thing they could think of. Like, you literally just wait one more day of your life and go to Wednesday and see what they did with Champa. I don't know if that guy can cut a promo. I know that he's gotten the crowd to react by doing nothing. <laughs> Why can't we integrate that exact same mentality with a face? Like, that's what Asuka and Nakamura are all about. They're they're not about you know their mumbles on the microphone. They're they're about their ferocity in the ring. Yeah. Why why can't we adopt that same thing that we did with Champa? I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's just. It's, what they're doing is accidentally, or maybe even on purpose, killing these characters to a point like, I don't. It's almost like they're trying to. That I, I do, okay. I'm not saying they're for sure doing this, but how ugly it was. It's almost like they're trying to prove a point. Do you know what I mean? See, like you guys wanted Japanese superstars. This is what it's like. Okay, you wanted it. Yeah. You wanted these. It's like no, we don't want them cutting wwe style promos we just want them right. kicking ass in the ring right 
And that, that goes back to anything that's worked on, on Monday Night Raw is, you know, it's not, it's never been about repeating a formula. And even though they'd argue with us and because we keep watching, I think what we're always hoping for is that one moment where it's different. And, and that's, that's where that show really shines. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it shines because we get so much of the same garbage and every now and then we can hope for some some gold yeah, in that just, pile of garbage. You know, Matt, but just really some those two weird promos, and I, I also it really sucks what they're making Alexa do right now. Um, yeah, like her character, she's just like a weird high school bully. Like she seemed like a legitimate intellectual, you know, up to this point, and now she's cutting like mean girls promos against, you know, the most physically imposing star on the roster. Yeah. I, like, Naya, and then they butchered her side of the argument, too, where she's crying. You're crying? Like, this is wrestling. You don't see Braun Strowman crying. You know, he's he's just out there wrecking stuff and tipping things over. Why couldn't Naya do that? Like, they, they let her ah. throw a chair and knock clothing over. That was cool. And then she's just bawling her eyes out. I, no, I, I think to get Naya over, it would have been, you know, emulate what they're doing with Braun. Let her just look I like dis- an angry badass. No, I disagree. Why? Wholeheartedly. Why do you want her bawling? It just ruins her legitimacy. She just looks like a big it, clown. I think it goes right back to what I just said with the, the you know, doing something different. I I don't need to no, see... No, that's not I mean, different, just, though. That's what we're used to in the women's division. Just, like, crying no, and no, pouting no. in the ring. Mm-mm. Because then, then she's Beth Phoenix. Um, China because uh, that like we have to give her some depth like like it's okay to to like to have those struggles like i right now naya is the deepest character we have because nobody else in, on the roster will open up emotionally obviously none of the male superstars none of the female superstars have that are on the roster right now i think maybe we've seen like natalia break down a few times but it's like they scream in the ring, and you know they get really pissed, um, and they scream, you know, in the. I think the... you're totally missing the mark. Like, there, this is what they think women do. Like, they get upset and just start crying. That's not what any of these women do. No, but it's it's what people do, and I I don't think that's a problem to say that these are people. Like, that's that's totally fine. I, and I I don't I don't mind getting closer to what you know these these people are. Like, do you they, remember remember you can when make a sympathetic no, strong character? No, because remember when Enzo and Big Cass were fighting, and there was the first betrayal, and it wasn't immediate tears like what they did with Naya. Like it built up to that, and then it was a real moment like when the tear was going down Enzo's cheek when he felt that his best friend in the business had let him down for selfish reasons. That's how you do it. You don't just have Naya just start crying like a baby. It could just happen. She should still be anger. You know, like five stages of grief. Like, you don't just burst into tears. You're still kind no, of incredulous. I, this has been something bubbling over for a while, though. Like, we've talked about Naya and Alexa going at it uh, for months. So, I mean, this is just... What are you talking about? This just started. She's kind of... No. She's cut some subtle promos about, you know acting differently and you're you know you're kind of the muscle for me but this is the first time she's really like openly admittedly cut her down 
that's the whole point I just made. Like you, you build it up slowly and you get frustrated and then it just hits a tipping point. Yeah, but this is the first I think time. That's what you're watching. This is the first time where it's open. Yeah, but you don't want to see her start crying three weeks from now. This is where she makes the change. This that was her character evolving and changing into what will be the person that's gonna fight her at WrestleMania. I mean, it's the same thing if you watch Spider-Man get bit uh, on the hand by a radioactive spider. That's the metamorphosis she just went through to become the the hero that we're going to cheer for. Uh, I, I, no, because I, I think to really get you into the story, the first thing you see shouldn't be her crying. It should be, you know, you see her kind of get determined and then work her way up to you know letting out that emotional outburst like maybe yeah, a, maybe a tear just... shot at wrestlemania or something like that but not you were mean to me and i'm just gonna start crying because you said some mean girl stuff to me over you know a video monitor mm. i still i don't know i i think you're looking at it wrong because you're 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 looking at it from what we were used to on wwe and what like it here's what a tough guy should be and I, I, I don't know. I, I like the idea that the WWE is saying, you know, and it, it, it's something that a lot of, of media has adopted too. Is is this, you know, it's okay to cry, kind of stuff. I, I, I just like it's acting and it's a show. But you know, if we could, if we could teach everybody frustration and and and, and emotion is okay. I, 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 I don't know. Putting it down to me just, it just doesn't. It doesn't work for me. I I, I like this it. This sounds I, I like think the most different. tired women's story ever. Like it's about looks. It's terrible. It's about looks. There's crying. Like this is the most cliche like women's diva storyline that they could have done. Like they like in back to back promos, like. Alexa got to be racist for Asuka, and then she got to be a you know a mean girl, and then Naya got to start crying. It was definitely a departure from what we're gonna see, you know, between like Shayna Baszler and Ember Moon, for example. Or it's just two women who want to be you know champions, you know, getting revenge on each other and beating the crap out of each other. This is this is this is diva storyline. I just uh, I I disagree. I think it's fine to to explore some depth with these characters. And like like I said, I think it's I think it's good for how many people and kids look up look up to these superstars to see to see that idea that you know it is it is okay to open up and cry uh, when you get frustrated. But I, I still think it's a major change in her character, and and we're just. I know, but it's I not think just we're finally it's not just seeing, like tears like, of betrayal. She's like wiping her eyes and like. Being super melodramatic was, with it. it. I didn't say she's a great actress. I, I'm just saying you have a problem with the writing, and I, I don't think there's a problem with the the writing or the booking. Uh, I think I think if if we're talking about are these ladies the best actresses in the world? No, they're not. Um, I mean, it's it's you know it's probably something maybe if she overdid it, but to say that I, I don't know to say there's anything wrong with the characters going through changes like this, and especially one I can't remember seeing on WWE programming, I'm fine with it. And I, again, I was I was cheering for it to happen. I, I figured once I saw those two in the back doing a promo together, I got excited. Yeah, I think we're both, uh, like the problem here is we're both looking at like two different ways, two different perspectives of this storyline. I. 
I don't know. I I might be leaning towards like uh, I'm focusing on one area, and then you know, uh, uh, yours is is a different one. And I, I just I, I think that's the best way to leave it. I I, I don't know. We we've been talking about it for like a half hour now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got some weeks here to you know do some recovering. I, I think you know WWE and recent past has done a pretty good job of you know making adjustments on the fly so we'll see what they do um yeah but we kind of alluded to you know there's these flaws with asuka and nakamura their promos this week um i think it kind of helps the sachet into what was probably the two best hours of tv um for wwe which unfortunately are not on basic cable you got to get on the network uh <laughs> yep you got to watch nxt and 205 live this week um I want to start with uh, 205 Live. Uh, they're doing it. I, I I don't know if they're going to start including a like 205 Live Tag Team Championship uh, just to get more of those guys having some you know actual stakes in the matches, getting more of them on TV. But god damn, um, I thought Hideo Itami and Akira Tozawa when they battled um, this new Luchador best buddy group, um, yeah. Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. I, you know what I? This show was in Detroit, and I I was I was a little embarrassed for our city, because um, I know you're sitting there at Monday Night Raw in Detroit at uh, Little Caesars Arena, and my God, you're probably sitting there for what five hours watching wrestling. And you were also supposed to get Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar, which couple no shows made me, yeah, made me buy a, a ticket. Yep. And I, you know, I, I'm gonna I know this is off topic. Yeah. If that storyline. That's fucked up. I know we didn't have that on our list to talk about. I was swearing up a storm. Not about them not being on, on my TV. But, I mean, I was looking at fucking buying tickets to that because they were advertised as being there. I don't know if you get mad because it is storyline. I don't know if you get mad because those two are just all re- Like, Rhonda is fucking up. Like... If her whole thing is to to get us on her side, and she, and she had something come up that pulled her away, what the fuck? Well, is that I already I, don't I, I already don't want her to win because of I kind of like I, that pissed I, me. I kind of like the the Lesnar angle because I think that this is finally something that um, Roman has been getting, you know, maybe forty percent boos and sixty percent cheers since the storyline started. What was the angle for Ronda? Did they ever announce why she didn't show up? I'm pretty sure they acted like it just like they just swept it under the rug. I I don't I don't remember seeing anything about mentioning. Uh, granted, again, I'm watching the whole show on my phone and I'm not looking at closed captioning, so hmm. <laughs> I could have. Uh, but uh, the fact that you advertise that they're gonna be there and that's on the marquee outside of Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, it's a uh, bit of a bugger. They're not there. Yeah, that's... I know, I know. I know it's part of WWE. It's always been on their tickets. Cards subject to change. But don't make a point of it a week before that they will be there. Don't miss the show. And then we hit hour three, and there's no Ronda, there's no Brock. Yeah, you could see what they tried to do there. Um, throwing Vince in. Um, I feel like he's had some sort of presence on a couple of the most recent detroit appearances um at least for raw um, yeah it looks like they tried to throw us a bone by putting the old man in there but 
<sighs> I'd rather see Brock and Ronda at this point. Um, I need to see some more promos out of Ronda and have her, like you said, kind of prove herself to the the you know wrestling fan. Um, and I I feel stupid because I feel like this is when I hired people. Uh, back where I used to work, and then they would fuck up once, and then I'd make the argument, come on, let's give them a second chance. And then they'd, you know, stop showing up to work for like a whole week, and then I'd have to be the ass that, you know, calls VPs, and I'm saying, hey, I was wrong, this person stopped showing up, I'm an asshole. That's what this is! And I don't, I don't want to talk about it too long, I want to get back to 205 Live and NXT, but damn it all, if there's anything that made me super angry this week... It was that shit, and I I think it needs to stop, and I know it's a good way to get people to buy tickets. I know it's a good way to get people to tune in, but this is the opposite of, like, you know, WCW trying to, like, oh, here's here's the main event. Uh, you better not tune in to Mick Foley. What a doofus he is winning the WWE Championship. Like, that was that was just plain old stupidity, but this is, this is wrong. This is... This is bad business. This is something that if this was like an advertisement for a product and then Walmart was just like, oh, fuck, no, we don't have it. Like, that goes to the Better Business Bureau. You know? Oh, my God. I'm dead serious. Well. It does. I don't know. People get boo And they get, they get I, fined I, for the that. The real issue is Rondo. I, I, I'm okay with what happened with Brock. That's, that's, that's a work. They're trying to get you mad. Uh, but Rhonda is, is kind of inexcusable, so hope, hopefully she's okay and it was, you know, just some weird storytelling quirk, but uh, we'll have to find out. Well, I want to go into the positives, because, you know, I I do this podcast with you, you know, I, I sit and watch this wrestling programming every week. Shit. And I, uh, sometimes you get rewarded, and, and that's what I feel like I got this week again. Um... I felt I felt guilty for how the crowd treated that tag match on 205 Live because those guys were killing it, man. Um, if you haven't sat down and just watched Grand Metalik um, work the top ropes, you you're in for a treat the first time you do. I uh, yeah. I stopped people at work because I was I was rewatching it on my phone and showing them. I don't even know how to describe it. He's like tiptoeing, doing 360s. Um, uh, Goodness gracious! What is that? Uh, what is that move Undertaker does where he he walks the walks the ropes? Old school. It's like yeah. Grand Metalik was doing that, um, but doing three sixties on the second rope. Then he does a springboard off the second rope, hits somebody, and then he goes back into the same spot and allows Dorado to la- launch himself off of him. And the guy was flying through the air like Superman um, <laughs> to tackle the other um, opposing tag team. Um, nice. Just like Roman. Yeah, it was incredible, man. It was, those were like <laughs> real feats of strength. And the crowd could not have been more bored. It was just complete crickets. And I was in my living room just going, Wow! Oh my god! Wow! Like, this, these are incredible spots. Um, like, the, the action was, was I, perfect. I, I thought these guys had outstanding chemistry. Like, if, if they... Uh, I know they're trying to make this 205 Live take off. I don't know if it ever will, but... Man, like, once we get this weird Monday Night Raw tag team thing settled um, with Braun, and by the way, is he going to tag with Elias at WrestleMania? 
I think it's going that after way. He, but I think after Braun's he buried gonna, the entire division. <laughs> yeah, I think Braun's going to fight by Like, he's going to lead it on like he's fighting by himself. But I don't know how there's... The way that they feud... Yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything they've led on to that they will be a tag team. But history says that's, that's what's happening. Well, once that storyline's over... I, you know when they used to have the Lucha Dragons? Um, and it was Kalisto and Sin Cara? And you'd always watch yeah. Sin Cara, you know, go off the ropes, and you're like, man, what if he didn't botch every single move? Like, that's what Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado are. Those guys yep. never miss the mark. Every single spot is just perfect. Um, no, I and those those uh, like ever since I saw Lince in the uh, in the tournament, like I've I've fallen in love. This that guy, that guy's amazing. And I'm not sure which one of them came from Lucha Underground or if they both did. But, uh, man, those are those are good pickups. And those are guys that know, like, the drama in the business, too. So it'll be interesting to see if, if they get, you know, if they get these tag titles coming out, um, if they can get some screen time and really, you know, show. You know what? You know what's, you know what would be fine by me? What? Let them do damn fucking spanish promo and just put you know have have him go in the back and do a promo in spanish because this is 205 live and then just have subtitles why is that so why is that so hard they can get passionate and and just you know all we need to do is hope that the wwe universe can read yeah that's uh that's not a terrible idea that's that's you know the Something you could bring to 205 Live or SmackDown, the land of opportunity. Um, like, it, it it sucks because it's too late for Nakamura. Because then if they do that, it's a reaction. So I think the thing to do is to try it out with 205 Live or NXT and just... Yeah, they did see. They did do that in some a lot of the promos for the, the tournament um, in the 205 Live Cruiserweight uh, tournament. Oh, that's right. They would do voiceovers and let those guys speak in their native tongues, and then somebody would come on and uh, translate. Um, and that enhanced it for there, me. It, it added to the authenticity. I didn't feel like I was listening to a character. I felt like I was listening to the man. You know, like describe his journey. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is our new WWE universe that has. Um, I don't know if you saw that the the fabulous Moolah battle royal. Oh, Royals they changed the name. The name change. Yeah. The, that goes along with, you know, talking about Alexa and how she handles Asuka. Like, this, the WWE Universe should be just as angry about, you know, the fact that you can't have someone come out that speaks a different language and not get treated poorly. Uh, how about, let's just let them speak their native tongue. No big deal. We can all read. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, if you're watching, like, clips of New Japan and those guys speaking Japanese, I don't, I don't think anyone's turning it off because I have to maybe read a subtitle about what the guy's saying. And and nobody told AJ that every single one of his promos in New Japan had to be in Japanese. Yeah. Yep, that's a good he point, He could too. go out there and do an English promo. Yeah. So, what the, what the fuck? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just What's a maybe it's us? just a weird thing to to put on TV. We don't we don't produce television programs, but I don't yeah. know. It sounds like it'd be a benefit to the talent at least. And if we you know start to have a an affection for the talent, that's how they 
you know, start selling merch and, you know, have, have more interesting matches, so... Yeah, because yeah. we, we both know that this is an entertainment company above all else. Yeah. Um, but do companies that make movies or TV shows stop? You know, like, do they not do subtitles when they're in a foreign country or they have someone that speaks a foreign language yeah, I mean, on their I mean, show uh, or their movie? Yeah, you're right. Like, it's a regular uh, thing. Like Quentin Tarantino does it. That guy makes oodles of money, and he's American making American movies. So, yeah, that's I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll get to that point. Um, again, uh, it's another thing. Let me, uh, cross the fingers here. Yeah, I'll jump. I'll jump into the two things I liked on Two Hundred Five Live. Was uh, it? It looks like uh, Gallagher is starting. Uh, uh, see, I'm not familiar with uh, Rockstar Spuds like situation um, or Drake Maverick, but. Uh, he's definitely changing, uh, uh, Jack Gallagher is, and, and he showed it in his last match, kind of just dominated. It was something where I looked down for a minute, and I looked back up, and the match was over. Yeah. So I I apologize. I, 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 I missed what happened. But in the end, Gallagher just stared down the camera, and then he stared down Drake Maverick. So something's going on there, and, and I, I, don't, I don't, again, I'm not familiar if there's an injury or I mean that's that's probably something I should have looked up before I started talking about it. But what I liked was where they're going with Jack Gallagher. He's not going out there anymore with the umbrella and, and this. Yeah, you know, it's not Mary is... Poppins anymore. It looks like he right. know, has an interest in winning matches. Um, yeah. The only bummer is they're... some of his like comedic shenanigans were legitimately funny. Um, so um, he's got new felt pants. I, I don't know how I feel about the ring attire, yeah. but. Uh, pretty sweet oh. <laughs> i don't mind you know what's really fun who is the casting director who has to find somebody who can get squashed for a 205 live wrestler you know what i mean yeah that that was that was the fun you gotta thing find a 105 like, oh, this wrestler. poor guy yeah uh-huh <laughs> uh, uh this poor record but uh, uh but on top of that you like yeah, the cedric, cedric alexander Allen. and roderick yep. strong match that that was fun um I, I we were talking about it before we started this this podcast but i i thought you know the booking is kind of weird because their finishers are, are, are similar. Yeah. I, I just, um, from that perspective, I'm st- I'm still fine. Uh, they actually, if they had more time, they probably could have used that in the booking. Um, somehow there's got to be some way. But uh, overall, that match was extremely entertaining, and I, I love both of those guys. Um, and I, I I think we got our answer about Roderick Strong and what he was going to do after he lost in the tournament. Um, and I think we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. On uh, NXT, but you know they they they're setting up this tournament. If you're listening to uh, the announcers, and forgive me again, something I'm not familiar with is the announce team on 205 Live. We spent an episode talking about oh, it. Still, and I forgot yeah, you still already. Get, uh, Nigel is is on there. Yes, Nigel. That's Nigel right. Nigel um, So he he made the comment when this match started that Cedric Alexander was the favorite. Everybody in this tournament, and um, you know, and, and it makes sense. Uh, it it. He, he definitely shows why the athleticism, uh, the storylines that, that he can actually mix in with that cruiserweight style. I don't, I don't want to say it's a lucha style, but he's definitely flying all over the ring. Um, and and uh, to, build up, to build up a story like that over a guy that is really what they were considering was, you know, the, the I don't know, the Cinderella story. You know, he just comes to 205 Live to see, you know, Oh, let's see what this tourney's all about. And then he, you know, he makes it this far. Yeah. 
If he wins this match, he goes to WrestleMania. And uh, it's just, it, it was great to see him battle this out, really make Roderick look, look strong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, to sell the guy who's favored to win this tournament. Because, uh, I, I mean, this is the same kind of stuff we saw in the, um, the, the straight-up Cruiserweight tournament. Um, is Cedric Alexander just doing a great job of selling making everybody else look good and, and and him you know he's coming out on top most more often than not and uh and, and just you know I'm looking forward to seeing what uh I think next week we get Mustafa Ali mm-hmm. and Drew Gulak yeah is that right yeah um but yeah I I I, I, I think it's definitely pointing uh, pointing towards Mustafa Ali um and I think I think we're gonna get a face first face for the title at WrestleMania which I don't think anybody has a problem with in a tournament style, um, that'd be the only reason I think Drew Gulak would win is just to have a face versus a heel. I, I don't know if there's enough time on 205 Live to even build up promos, so I don't see the point in doing that. No, uh, that would be that would have to be two weeks of 205 Live promos. Yeah, uh, probably won't happen. Nope. No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, and and the way they're building up Mustafa Ali is, you know, I I'm I'm the kid who got bullied, um, you know, and they're and they're bringing in as as bad as SmackDown and Raw are doing, uh, in race relations, uh, Mustafa Ali's character is being built up because of his ethnicity and getting beat up. I just I thought that was I thought that was cool to take that, and he's using that as his motivating factor. Yeah, he's not you know, stuck he... wearing a turban or riding a camel. Like, just let the guy be a person. He just, that happens to yeah. be his name. That's not a freaking identity, you know? And that that is, that was another wonderful point. I, like, the fact that his name is Mustafa Ali and he's a face is, because I know he started as a heel uh, when he first, you know, started fighting in 205 Live. Um, and, and you can see how easy the transition can be made. Uh, probably because nobody watches 205 Live, right. but still, uh, it, it's there. And when you had that opportunity, they took it, and now they've got you know two guys that are going to go at it. You've got your for sure face, your for sure heel, and I think everybody's going to be rooting in the same direction. Either way, I'm hoping Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander, that match should be amazing. And if you are not watching 205 Live, I, and you have the network, jeez. Um, what you should be doing is waste of money, like. There's so much entertainment in the world, and you think, why should I watch this if WWE's barely promoting it? Um, hey, I'm doing two things at once. I'm watching it on my phone and then watching Sony in Philadelphia. So oh, my God. It's, uh, it's possible, everybody. Well, I, ju- I just mean that, like, as a real wrestling fan, you, you need to see the skill of these guys. Um, you shouldn't just limit yourself to, like, a rushed match on Monday Night Raw. It's a, you know, nine-on-nine tag match where everybody... You know, gets in and does a moonsault and then tags out. Um, part of the reason this tag match was so good, and part of the reason that singles match that you watched was so good, is you know they were like they had time to tell a story. Um, so that's that's the real benefit of watching two hundred five live. You get to see these incredible athletes, you know, do the thing that we profess to love so much, which is professional wrestling. So give it a shot. Um, I wasn't disappointed this week, so. What's the other thing we got to tell everybody to keep watching if they're not? Holy crap, like, Don't dude. give up on yet. Man, NXT. I, if you 
if you if you are a casual wrestling fan, uh, or if you want to get someone into wrestling, just let them watch one hour of programming a week. Just give them NXT. Uh, yeah. I was just thoroughly entertained, uh, top to bottom, for this show. Um, the tag match, the women's division they incorporated, and then you know obviously the the main event storylines. Um, that Otis of heavy machinery. Um, forgive me. Uh, all I can think of is Angelo Dawkins. I can't remember the name of the other member of Street Profits. He they bring a solo cup to the ring and he passed it to Otis, um, the little chubby cannonball man. That's that's kind of how I like to describe him. And he took us, yeah. you know, before he took a sip, the crowd was getting into it, chanting, drink, 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 drink. And he downed it. And then he started to see his leg jiggle like he was getting Popeye energy. And then he started, you yeah. know, gesturing like he, you know, he's blowing the horn on a truck. The doot, doot, you know, it got him all fired yeah. up. Um, so they got to do their cool spot where they um, basically used one man as a javelin against the other. Um, heavy machinery doing offense against the Street Profits. Um, it's just, it, it, the reason the match was a success for me is I was bummed out whoever lost, um, cause I, I like the Street Profits, I hate their name, I hate that, you know, they're black so they have to have something street or hood or crime time, you know, like, why do they have to be the Street Profits? I, I don't know. That's WWE, I guess, for you. Um. But yeah, the guys are. I think we brought up that problem a couple times. Yeah. They're super charismatic, though. The crowd really seems to like them. Um, the one of the fun pops was they actually got Nigel McGuinness dancing to their to their antics. <laughs> um, but a super huge bummer for Heavy Machinery fans who are, you know, that tag team's out now in the first round of the Dusty yeah. Rhodes Classic. Um, yeah, definitely a bad pick for a first round matchup. Yeah, I wish we could have you know second rounded that one for sure. I agree. Um, and then we got we got some pretty cool. <laughs> I thought were kind of funny wrinkles. Um, uh, like ladies wise, we got to see, um, Lacey Evans and Dakota Kai go at it, and Dakota gets the quick roll up. Um, you know you're talking about Jack Gallagher's quick finish. This match was like ninety seconds maybe. Um, and I yeah. I thought they're getting Lacey over as like you know not a Shayna Baszler type heel, but. You know, a legitimate heel who's you know gonna win the majority of her matches and man she looked super inept um i know the yeah this sorry i was just gonna say i know the focus was to get Shayna and ember out there but right just kind of surprising um it kind of just said to me like you know we we saw lacy live um and she was solid yeah and you know everything she did yeah, she's got uh, the technically look. Yeah. yeah it was it was smooth um uh like what you know her in-ring stuff but it wasn't it wasn't memorable um from from an aspect of like oh remember that move right um if i could if i could just put that out there i mean she she it could be something where they they kept her they kept her in her box of what works and maybe she's you know she's working on her character now and then uh you know off screen she's gonna get a little bit better here or there um I don't know if Dakota showed us that, you know, she's more than green because uh, all we saw was a roll-up. But, um, you know, it's still it, – it, it's something to me where I think I just thought I, – I, I, you have to, like, re rethink everything after we watch NXT Live and go, okay, it's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Uh, like Lacey losing like that means there's something going on we don't know, which means she's probably still working on making herself a better in-ring performer. Um, and that's that's disappointing for me because I loved her promos so much at NXT Live, and yeah. I, you know, just like you, uh, I think I instantly became a fan. Uh, but that just means you know we've got something to look forward to, and I I, I think uh, as we roll up to WrestleMania, I think I think this is something we're used to uh, with NXT pay per views. I think I think sometimes these feuds go on for too long. Uh, some of them. And it just kind of turns into, all right, I, I think it's okay if Finn Balor loses now. Like, he, that's it, enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just kind of starts to feel like that. Like, um, I, and I think eventually, too, we're going to see uh, Cien Almas. It's going to be like, all right, this guy still has the title? Seriously? Because, I mean, these, you know, you think about it, too. You got to go quite a while between, you're going like three months in between these, um, special shows or whatever where everything you know comes down so it's it's just they're they're building up you know this this is something too that was filmed way before our nxt live show so that's that's another thing to keep in mind that maybe we've seen a lacy that is performing better uh but but either way um like you said the the whole reason for this was to keep the the feud of ember and Shayna going and um I don't know. It looks to me if I had to if I had to put out a guess, Shayna's winning that title from Ember. Um, That's okay. I think when you see the face get a little too aggressive, you start building that storyline of them not the, focusing. Yeah, the only you know on on getting the victory like like Ember before was like I'm still Ember Moon. Yeah. And she'd get the victory, and now it's like all right, you've gone too far. I'm gonna kick. Well, your they do a and, yeah, they know. do a series of matches. Uh, that's why I, I feel like Shayna might win, and it's it just stinks for Ember because that means she's probably not going to be showing up on Raw or SmackDown the night after. Um, but you know what? You know what you just reminded me of. I'm glad you brought up Shayna again. Did you notice uh, in WWE programming in the like last week or so, there's been two or three wrestlers who've gone out of their way to target their opponent's arms. And they're all trying to do that spot that Shayna does, where she has your arm pinned down and then she stomps on it. Yeah, Lacey actually did that too. At uh, Gallagher did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I kind of think that stinks because I she invent that. Uh, probably. I'm sure that you know somebody else has done it. Is this like everybody stealing the stealing the DDT from Jake the Snake? Well, what bothers me about it is I I thought it was kind of a really you know violent move that set her apart. It kind of reminded me of the like the Randy Orton punt. You know what I mean? I kind of yeah. I kind of wanted that to be Shayna's because I still associate that with her. Um, I don't know. It's hopefully we don't also see a bunch of people start incorporating like a curb stomp or something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, we had uh, we had one more tag match too in NXT. Um, you know, for the Dusty Rhodes Classic Tournament, um, Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss versus Sanity. I don't think anyone in their right mind thought Sanity was gonna lose, but is it <laughs> is it kind of weird how like over as a heel Tino is? He got the most uh, like passionate reaction that match where people just saying Tino sucks, and then all he did was point at his abs and be like, "No, I don't." <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a guy who's getting like no mic time, barely any match time, uh, you know, he's sharing it with Sabatelli. Uh, or, uh, sorry, Moss. Um, 
good for him. Uh, actually getting some passionate yeah. crowd to eat there. Good for him. And that's something, too, where he's, it's kind of one of those things, like, maybe if, you know, this is going to turn into an easy sanity victory, like, you're, you know, you're just begging, please, just give me a moment where I can react to these fans and try and do something on TV so I yeah. can be something here, because I, there's nothing that, you know, this this is one where if I'm watching it on my phone, I could, you know, do some do some work, let turn up the sound on Sunny in Philadelphia. Like you knew you knew what was gonna happen here, and you knew it wasn't gonna be, I don't know, super great. Yeah, it's an established <laughs> tag team with their own entrance versus the tag team is just two guys full names. Like those, they yeah. didn't really have a shot. I I wouldn't be shocked if someone could go through every single tag match of all time and not find a match that resulted just like this one yeah i think i mean move for move. i think like, like it I wasn't think bringing anything. that up is why it's so shocking to see tino get a reaction like he did like wow yeah that's really out of nowhere um and it's something that happened when uh don't want to pat ourselves on the back too hard but when we saw nxt live in detroit um <laughs> uh, but uh we still this was a stacked NXT dude. Like we didn't even get to Adam Cole baby uh fighting yeah. Pete Dunne. Um of course they Which of I, course they knocked it out of the park. Those guys are, you know, two of the best, you know, young wrestlers you could think of. Yeah, it was shame on me cuz I started thinking Oh my god, is is Adam Cole going to win? Cole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like and it wasn't it wasn't just because uh, you know it's not like he was outperforming Pete. Um, I think if you watch that match, you saw who the dominant force was. Oh was man, Pete. yeah. But Adam Cole is a, an amazing, you know, performer. Yeah, sports entertainment. I, I, I think he really is. Like as much as I said this on our last episode, as much as everybody loves him for being the pro wrestler he is, I think he is the ultimate sports entertainer. And he proved that again, and everything he was doing was making me think, oh my gosh, yeah, we're getting a new champ. Yep. Oh. He's losing his title. We got a new match for, you know, uh, the TakeOver. Yep. And it just, you know, it didn't turn it's, out that way. But You know, it's one of those matches that's a home run because it gets both guys over. Um, yeah. Like, even though Adam Cole lost, you could see where, you know, one or two, you know, uh, different outcomes for some uh, sequences he would have won, uh, but Pete Dunn is, man, is that guy good? Um, yeah, I don't like he didn't even have to really rely on false finishes. Like his his offense looked good, and a lot of that, you know, you got to give credit to Adam Cole too. Um, I want to I want to say the sequence was Adam Cole was doing some knife edge chops, and when it, when it was Pete Dunn's turn. Man, it looked like Adam Cole got like blasted by a shotgun. He went flying back into the turnbuckle, and they were in like the center of the yeah. ring, and he went flying back like that. It looked like a stunt shot from like an X Men movie, like somebody taking a punch, you know, from like Colossus or Juggernaut. Um, and Adam Cole sold it like a champ. Um, what I really well, yeah, this is one one other Go one ahead. other nuance I really like too is um, you know, like when we saw Cole in person at NXT Live in Detroit. Um, he, uh, he was kind of goofing around, being a kid, you know, kind of, you know, sticking his thumb in his nose and wiggling his fingers at his opponent and, you know, calling out, you know, feats of strength. But in this match, he didn't even do the Adam Cole baby spot. Like, he was just focused trying to win a belt. So I think that was just a cool little wrinkle that he threw in there to, you know, show some, um, 
um, you know, professionalism. Like, this belt actually matters. Like, he wanted to actually win. He wasn't there to just upstage somebody, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I actually, I didn't even catch that, to be honest. I, it's, you know, something I appreciate. And I, I, I hope WWE doesn't penalize the guy for, you know, not being, you know, Randy Orton six foot five. Um, no, he will be. <sighs> I know. His best bet is to stick in NXT forever and just own the NXT championship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. We can't. We can't talk him up enough. We're just. We're. We're big fans. Um, and we still didn't even get to the main event, um, where Alistair Black came out and signed his contract oh. for the. Um, I I still consider Pete Dunne for the well. The main event. I I had yeah. a lot of fun with that. Um, Alistair Black is a man of few words. Um, he got one of the biggest pops of the night after uh, Tino getting Tino sucks, um, and the um, Otis, you know, drinking out of the solo cup. Um, yeah. Alistair Black and uh, Selena Vegas's face taking a squat and just sitting right in front of her, and then saying, you know, now now we're on the same level. Now you can continue. Uh, <laughs> the crowd loved it, man. Um, and then she got a big wind up and a slap on him. So, yeah, I'm looking at the still image right now of where he was still holding the mic before it the whole thing went to shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just a cool little uh, send off, you know, where he makes a comment about her showing up alone, and he says, "I didn't." And then we had to see Candice, you know, Ray hit the ring, you know, Gargano's wife, and get some get some socks in on uh, on Vega. Yeah. That that was pretty sweet. I I I think I think for both of them, um, it'll be a fun start uh, for probably a a quick little feud leading up to NXT. You know, we'll we'll see something go down there. It's, you know, it, it'll be a feud to carry on longer. But I, I I you know I think they're sticking. She's gonna stick to her role, and it'll just be a cute little fight um to get both their career their wrestling careers going i, I don't think it's going to be that long i think it when i say cute i mean it'll be short um but but it, it is fun to see that stuff get started and it, it's a good use of their time too like that's that's something that can't be ignored is nxt they like i said they they can they can have these feuds go on for way too long and part of that is because of how long they go between um special shows see uh but on top of that they also have this responsibility of only having an hour and to fit all this stuff in there and they knock two things out of the park is they get uh alistair and sienna almas all set and then they can also get uh zelina and candace all set so it's pretty smart booking yeah i mean like you know usually on raw you gotta stuff every single person on there and I, you, you keep saying you know uh the uh, feuds go on for too long I, I don't, I don't generally feel that way because the way that these shows get spaced out, you know, in an hour, you might only get to see, you know, two or three matches. Um, so you, you do, you know, you get a break and then you get to, you get to have that, um, you know, absence makes the, the heart grow fonder. So you, you go, oh, you know, I didn't get to see, you know, almost didn't even show up this week, the champion, um, you know, my, my, our boy, Velveteen Dream, wasn't even on TV. Um, you know, characters like that. And that's okay, because there was, there was tons of tag team action going on. Um, 
You know, we got to see some yeah, of the ladies involved. You got to see Alistair. You still got to see Adam Cole. And you got, you got to, like, I'm not, I'm not talking about seeing too much of these guys. I, I'm talking about a specific feud. So I, I just, I, I totally understand what you're saying there. But I, I, I don't know, like, the Sami Zayn stuff right when NXT started. And a part of that, you know, like, now we could make the argument the roster's so loaded that, you know, now they're giving us another title. So they feel like they have so much talent now that they can't just have it go down with the UK championship, NXT, and a tag championship. They have to they have to have this other thing. I can't remember if they even named it yet. But you know that I was. I think they. I think yeah. Our... I think they named it the secondary belt. <laughs> oh, nice. No, <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, but you know, like that's that's uh, the situation's different. I think they have a lot more talent. I think they can be more diverse in their selection. Um, definitely helps right now that we, we we don't necessarily have a long feud going because even Drew McIntyre's been out for a while uh, because of his injury, yep. so there wasn't anything that could keep going for, for him. Um, and then, they've again, they've just been loaded with all these riches that they, they, they weren't forced to do any pay-per-views that were three... You know, you do three straight matches for a title or have one guy fight for the title in three straight pay-per-views, that's nine months. That's, to me, that's, I mean, that's where I'm coming from, is that's, well, I mean, when people, that's too long. When they toot the horn of, like, New Japan, that's how they do it over there. Um, like, like title reigns, they're not, like, a week or a month. It's usually, like, a year, at least. Um, yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Uh, to me, I, I understand that that, I don't know, we don't watch it, so. Well, I it's think not if you want to see an in. example of what happens the other way, like look at when the Intercontinental Title wasn't around the Miz, um, and it was just switching hands between like Dolph and Dean and uh, Baron yeah. Corbin and Luke Harper, and it it just diminishes the value of it. Um, so I think sustained championship runs, I'm okay with. And no, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm. I'm sour on sustained championship runs. And I mean, you're not having defense like title defenses every week. You you only have a couple opportunities to do it. Um, so if at yeah. the top of your program you you know have the same character, you know get another shot or two. Uh, I'm not that upset. I mean, well, I I yeah. I, I think when we see Alistair Black, he, I I would be astounded if he lost at Takeover. Um, but I don't, I, I don't know if Almas has the charisma to keep doing this for you know, like two or three takeovers in a row. I, I think Black, they would want to put him kind of through the gauntlet of NXT's best. Um, you know, like Dream, uh, Cole, uh, Ricochet, EC3. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it'd be great. So, I, I, I think Almas, Almas, sorry, Almas is a tough example because. You know, they had to bring in Vega to kind of help, you know, be his mouthpiece. Um, but I think once they get past that, I, I think it's kind of fun to, you know, if, if it's a if it's a money feud, you know, you like watching them fight. Uh, I don't have that big, I see where you're coming from, but I don't have that big of a beef with it. I, I kind of like that. Um, I kind of like that angle to it. But we're, we're pushing an hour and Fine. a half. Uh, yeah, we gotta go. We gotta, we, we gotta let them go. Um, so yeah, top moments of the week for me. Um, the heavy machinery spot just made me laugh my ass off. Uh, Grand Metalik yeah. in the corner. And then my favorite moment was that weird 
Shane McMahon groaning sound he made after he took a power bomb from Kevin Owens. Oh God, we forgot to talk about that. He sounded like, remember that YouTube video where that lady was stomping grapes and she fell out of the bucket? Uh-huh. That's exactly what yeah. he sounded like. I, I couldn't decide if it was good acting or if it was just over-the-top ridiculous. Like, to me, whew, like, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it was, it was, and, and then, and then I wanted to turn it off. Like, I was like, I can't, what are they doing? They're doing a close-up on Shane while he's making that uh-huh. sound. Like, I, uh, I don't want to watch this. Ugh. I know. What if he actually got hurt? That's the sound he. Matt, you got to uh, our only hot tag of the whole show. I gave you my three. What were your three big moments this week? Um, uh, Braun Strowman winning was fun. I know you didn't like it. Um, it was fun, but I just feel bad for those, you know, eight guys who are are nothing. But go ahead. I think, well, it's one of those things, too, where we were trying to figure out what do you do with Braun, and now and now at least we have, you know, we have we have an answer. And then, and then uh, I, I just, I loved Adam Cole and Pete, like we were just talking about, and then Roderick Strong and Cedric Alexander. Um, so out of the norm, where I usually write articles about um, my... Matches that were just heavy on the uh, the sports entertainment aspect side of things. Uh, these were all great pro wrestling matches. And uh, you haven't watched them yet? Do yourself a favor. Sit down. And it, it, I, I mean, shoot, 30 minutes I think from start to end of these. You know, the actual bout tops. Yeah. So you don't have to take too much time. Put it on one and a half speed. It'll be good. You might have to put this podcast episode at like two and a half speed. <laughs> this was a long one. Yeah. Thanks for sticking yeah, around. Yeah, this is a long one. We appreciate it, everybody. Um, another great episode. Matt was kind of a little toasty the whole time. Ooh. It's going on a little trippy poo, which is why this episode's coming out a day early. Bye bye. But, yep. Boom. <laughs> he did do that. Yep. Come on. All right. Yep. Ah. All right. Ooh. It's my ah. All right, thanks everybody. Bye. Bye.